Welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast, a show about faith, friendship, fine tobacco and drink. I'm Steve Ryder, and I am not in the lion's den as I normally am. I am in Euclulet, British Columbia, or as the locals call it, Euclulet, or Yuki. And so we just I just got done with three awesome dudes salmon fishing, and I've got one of them on today. Sam Vandervalk, welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast. Good to be here, Steve, and thanks for having me on. It's good to have you out on the boat, and uh, it's been a long time coming to have you up in Euclid. We've talked about this many times over the past uh, at least... 20 years. 20 years, yeah. 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 So, for listeners, Sam was my roommate. Actually, Sam's brother was my roommate for the first, almost most of the first three and a half years that I was in Colorado Springs before I got married. And Sam would come out, and Sam lived with us for a while. And yep. so Sam was my roommate for a while. And uh, yeah, it's, dude, it's so freaking cool to see where you guys grew up. And it's, it's a freaking beautiful country. This is a beautiful country. Yeah, thank you. Yes, it's uh, spectacular. I think when you grow up here, you don't always realize how beautiful it is. And I think a lot of kids really just grow up here and, you know, think about their peers and how to fit in and all that kind of stuff and don't think as much about what's surrounding them. So one of the things I wanted to do as a side note was just create something for kids to figure out, you know, what was around them. So I did that through one of the websites I did. Actually, I yeah. don't think I told you about that. You, you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on and, and we'll, mm. we'll get to that. But uh, first question I always ask is what you smoking? And I handed you an Oliva Serie V. What, what are your first impressions? Ah, it's great. I think it's... You know, like a medium cigar, if yeah. I'm not mistaken there. And uh, I'm not a, an experienced cigar smoker, so I, I do enjoy one every once in a while. But uh, it's nice to be smoking a cigar with you. Oh, <clears throat> and last night we were, the four of us, over at your place just up the hill. And uh, some amazing conversation, almost past midnight. And it was just some really deep questions and conversations. And Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's something that... You know, having four guys all smoking a cigar and talking about things that most people don't talk about a little bit deeper, going into into how the world works and how life works is always something that, you know, is memorable. And you think about those conversations well past the days you spend together. So where'd you grow up on the island? So I grew up on the east side of Vancouver Island in a little town called Qualicum. I went to high school there and started my fishing charter there and then very quickly moved out to Yuki because it was just a much more abundant waters for fishing. So Yuki, for those that don't know, it's on the Pacific coast side of the island. What, yeah. about a third of the way north on the island? Yeah, it's it's something like that. <clears throat> yeah, about a third of the way, halfway, something yeah. like that up the island yeah. and a good... Probably three hours from Victoria. Uh, by road, it's about five hours from Victoria. Okay, yeah. from Vic- okay, five uh, three hours from uh, Nanaimo, Nanaimo, where, Nanaimo yes. where we flew in, yeah. and about five hours up from Victoria. From Victoria, yeah. And for all those people that don't know, Victoria is sort of the crown jewel of Canada. It's got about a half a million in population. And, is it uh, that big? I didn't yeah. realize it was that big. Yeah, this is about Colorado Springs size. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a very busy little city and uh, it's got rush hour like a lot of cities, so you can be stuck in traffic for half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of family did you grow up with? Well, I had four brothers and one sister. And uh, and you are number what in I, the order? <clears throat> I was number five. Number five. Yeah. We were homeschooled mostly, but then at the very end we went to high school. And one of the things we used to do as kids for fun was go fishing. So that's something that I started uh, very early on. And my brother Ray and I would <clears throat> go fishing when uh, I was 12 and he was 16. We got a boat, learned how to fish and would ask all the you know locals exactly all the tips and tricks as far as what to do. And within our first year of buying the boat, we were out fishing all the locals. Just because we were kids, you know, lots of other people didn't want to ask what to use, but we would ask a million questions. Really? They they didn't mind telling kids, you know? Yeah. So it was quite fun. And then then we got tired of salmon because my mom didn't know how to cook salmon. Really? we brought so much salmon home. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we just had a salmon meal today, fresh caught. I mean, today we cooked it up and it was outstanding with zucchini and asparagus and some shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. And Jeff, who's with us, decided, let's grill some peaches. And oh, my God, that was, it was a fantastic Spectacular. meal. Spectacular. Yes. It was a great meal. Just the yeah. four of us hanging out and drinking some fine wine and yeah. talking. and Yeah. So, Steve, I've got a question for you, seeing as how... <laughs> That's quick. This is your... That's quick. You're turning it over to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're switching the tables. Yes. Seeing as how this is your first time up to this region in Canada, what do you think of this region? Uh, how does it impact you coming from a place like Colorado Springs, which has lots of nature? Yeah. So what, what's your impression of being here and, and seeing the nature and, and trails? In my opinion, I've always said... If I could have a place with ocean and mountains so I could get some really good hiking in and then be at the beach, that that's like a dream for me. And my God, I'm like, I'm like here and I'm like, I want to come back here and spend way more time because, I mean, there was a trail that was about a four and a half mile round trip with 2,200 foot elevation gain just outside of Yuki. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, I, I want to do that. I want, yeah. I want to hike that and then spend the rest of the day at the beach just relaxing and chilling out and and then and then apparently you told me that vancouver island has the best surfing in all of canada and some of the best in the west coast yes it does yeah so ekula and Tofino are known to be you know the hot spot for surfing and it's sort of like the california of canada where people come and bring their surfboards and uh you know a lot of people have surfboards on their cars and then some other people live closer to the beaches and they you know, just bike down to the beach and surf. And and it's sort of a year-round thing, but definitely August is not the prime time for surf, but the rest of the year is very good surf. Yeah, I remember you telling us on, on the way out, you're like, bring some Dramamine just in case. And yeah. it was like, you said it's the calmest waters. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> so I guess the next question Wait, I have for you is <laughs> being being out on the boat for the first time and, and reeling in a a salmon, which is, you know, a fairly large fish to reel in yeah. and quite powerful. What was your, you know, reaction as far as adrenaline? And, you know, I give a lot of instructions, but when someone gets a fish on the line, a lot of that just sort of goes out the window. So 
can you give me some uh, feedback as far as what what your thoughts were when you got a your first fish on the end of the line? It was the most fun fishing I've ever done in my life. It really was, and and especially today when you moved us over to the single action reels, because that that I got to toy with the fish, and let it go when it needed to go and then start to bring it in when it was kind of turned up my way. I could feel it like it was swimming towards us, reel yeah. it in real fast and then kind of let off a little bit. And that was so enjoyable. I'm like, I could spend a week, I could spend a whole summer doing that every day. Oh yeah. Well, I must say you guys all did a very good job. They're all sitting here. So they, everyone did a great job switching over to the single action reels. And I think sometimes it's good to have the experience on one reel first and then Switch yeah. over so that So you, what was the first reel that you did? And, and, and kind of explain for the listener the differences between those two reels. Well, the, the first reel I had was a level wind without the guide that puts the line back and forth on the reel. And it's, it's basically a two-way action reel so that you can keep reeling and the fish can go out if necessary. Yeah. So it's a good starter reel as far as, you know, having people get the feel of having a salmon on the end of the line. Yeah. Seeing the salmon come up to the boat, have the experience of the salmon around the boat. And uh, when the salmon's around the boat, there's a lot of things going on. You know, the salmon can, you know, thrash around, can go into the boat, can go in the motors, you know, or, or there's all sorts of things. So it's it's just a good thing to have a little bit easier mm-hmm. to start off with. And then, you know, today you guys switched over and, we and lost, had a new experience. We lost a lot less fish today Yeah. than, than we did yesterday. Yeah, and some of that can just be, you know, the day. Like sometimes the yeah. fish are more active. Yeah, and they, you know, sometimes you don't lose very many fish at all, and sometimes it's just, you know, it could be the lure. Like sometimes the lure, for whatever reason, is catching fish a certain way. And so you have a company, Salmonai Fishing Charters. Yep. And uh, you got the biggest freaking sign at the dock, and yours is the first one that someone Google salmon fishing in Vancouver Island comes up on Google. Yeah, I don't think we're number one anymore, but I'm okay. planning to get back there as far as Google goes. As far as being the biggest outfit in town, yes, we are, but I, I like to think that we offer the best experience as far as people coming out, feeling like the guide really makes the experience a whole lot of fun for them. And so the guides don't yell at you. The, you know, the guides will coach you through exactly how to get the fish in the boat and then also tell you stories and a lot, you know, to make the whole experience something that you could do for the whole family and it's not just a hardcore fisherman kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. But many hardcore fishermen come out here. Yeah, you've, you've told me about the, the quote-unquote celebrities that, that you've had come out on your boat, like, you know, some former NHL hockey players, maybe even current NHL players and even like some of the Seattle Seahawks front office you told me one time. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, you know, I guess because we get more people coming through then word of mouth gets around and, and then people find out from their friends how great it is. And so, yes, uh, I think that's one of the favorite parts for me is getting word of mouth and yeah. seeing people really enjoy themselves so much that they tell their friends about it. Very cool. And so let's get back to you. I'm going to turn the tables back and start asking you questions again. So after high school, what did you do? Uh, after high school, I, I had three jobs. I guided for part-time. I worked with my dad roofing. Yeah. And I also worked as a produce clerk in a grocery store. 
So I worked about 70 hours a week. (laughs) And then, so I think it was probably 98 is when I first met you because I moved to Colorado in 97. It was either 98 or maybe even early 99 that I met you because I moved in with John right after the Super Bowl in 98 Mm -hmm. after my Packers lost to the Broncos and I was in a house full of Bronco fans and learned to really hate the Broncos. (laughs) Yeah, because I remember John was John was one of the few people there at the house that was cheering for the Packers, and uh, he and I just instantly hit it off. And his roommate Linford had left, and so left a, a room was open at his apartment. I was like, "I need a place. Let's do this." And absolutely love your brother. But then I met you, and uh, dude, I, I feel like we hit it off right away. And have been I, I just love hanging out with you whenever you come into town. Yeah, and we hang mm-hmm. out and talk and you sometimes bring me salmon and yeah yeah. that's good stuff anybody will talk to me if i bring them salmon (laughs) (laughs) so what were you doing during those years that i first got to meet you from like 98 until when you started salmon eye in 2002 right yeah so at that point i was guiding as well during the summers and then i was doing schooling during the winters Essentially. What were you going to school for? I did a few different things. So I did hospitality management. I did a... I think I remember that. I did a mechanics internship. Yeah. And decided I just wanted to do that for a year and see what it was like. But... Yeah. Didn't end up going down that route. I didn't think I was going to go down that route, but just thought I would do it for fun sort of thing. Your brother ended up... Your little brother ended up going that direction. Yes. Yes, he did. And then I went to school to be a financial planner and did a four-year bachelor degree. My first summer back from uh, university, I started my salmon fishing business. And by the time that I was done university, I had three boats going. And I kind of figured, you know what? This is uh, probably going to make me as much money as being a first-year financial planner. Because you start low as a financial planner, you get like the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? This would give me a little more freedom in my winters. And so I started going down that route and work really hard in the business. Businesses don't just start themselves yeah. as every business person can attest to. And uh, I worked at becoming number one in Google for just about every keyword possible and to do with, with sport fishing and salmon fishing and halibut fishing. And, and uh, by 2005, I was number one in Google for just about every keyword you could type in. At that point, Google was just starting to do the monetization. And so they were unlike some of the Ask Jeeves and uh, other search engines in the, in the fact that they didn't do as many sponsored ads at the top. And uh, so it made it much more profitable, I guess, to have you know your, your top ranking, whereas yes. now it's a little bit less profitable because the first four links that they have there are sponsored ads. Yeah. But I became number one in just about every keyword, including salmon fishing in North America, was number one for that keyword. Really? And Google ended up dropping me for that keyword completely out of the search engine, like a manual drop. What? Because I was, yes, because I was, uh, had so many keywords, I believe. How did that affect your business when that happened? It didn't really. Yeah. It, yeah, it didn't really. But then I, I worked around it. I created other websites for getting that keyword back. And then I, also got listings on websites that had, you know, high rankings and for that keyword. So 
some of those other websites that you've created, you've created one for like Victoria and Vancouver Island, right? Yes. So I, I ended up doing uh, like area guides. So like a locals guide for uh, Tofino, Euclid, Victoria, and then one, one for all of Vancouver Island. The one for all of Vancouver Island's more focused on hiking and kayaking and sort of like the nature side of things. How big is Vancouver Island in terms of landmass? Like, is there a state that's comparable? Uh, I tell people Vancouver Island's about the size of Switzerland. So I actually don't know what the size of Switzerland is, so I'd have to check that out. But but it's it's quite a large island. You know, f- to go from, to drive from one end to the other is about seven hours, I believe. Yeah. So, and that's going fairly quick, you know. Yeah. Um, the island's very narrow. Yeah. So it's it's very mountainous, and in the middle, you know, is very mountainous, and that's why it takes uh, five hours or or about four and a half hours to get from Victoria to Euclid, because you have to drive up the east side, and then you have to sort of snake through the mountains to yeah. get over to the west coast. Yeah. So, talk about the business, uh, Samani Fishing Charters, right? Is yeah. that the name of it? Yeah. And like, how has it grown? What's your passion around it? What do you want to do? Well, I think in any hospitality business, your passion has to be people. And you obviously, you know, do something else because you you like also what you're doing that's outside of people. So I'm very passionate about fishing. But at the end of the day, taking people out and and making the experience something very memorable for them is definitely very rewarding and I've made some very good connections from it, very good friends. You know, one of my friends uh, who comes fishing now, and I call him a friend because they've been fishing with me quite a few times, but he brought his dad and his mom out fishing. And it was right at the end of, you know, their lives. And they both said at the funerals for each one that it was the favorite experience they'd ever had. So it's it's pretty, you know, rewarding when you hear something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can tell you right now from being out with you these last three days, and I think the other two guests that are here that came with me, Dr. Howard Cohn from Southern California and Jeff Hash from Sacramento, they, I think, would also attest that you're, you're, a, you're a good coach and you're really good at teaching us and kind of talking us through things and as we're bringing in the fish and what happened, why did we lose this one or what could we do a little bit differently? Yeah, and, and, and then also in meeting one of your other guides, Tyler, the guy just exudes energy and mm-hmm. happiness and excitement. Yes, he does. Being out on the boat, I think the more you are out there, the, the more you get a little bit more relaxed. So I think when I first started guiding, I didn't give as much instruction. And I more cared about getting that fish on the line. Yeah. But as you go on in your guiding career, you realize that you need to be a little bit less... Uh, focused on getting that fish and a little more focused on the customer experience and making sure that the customers are having a really good time on the rod and uh, really the whole time in the boat and making sure that the that they're engaged in a way that you know that they're absolutely having the best time possible yeah so what what kinds of fish are available to catch here on vancouver island well uh similar to alaska we have Chinook salmon, coho salmon, 
sockeye salmon. We don't have sockeye salmon in this area, but there's an area very close where you can get sockeye salmon. We have halibut and lingcod. This area is very unique in that where we run in our boats to go get the fish is very close to the harbor. So almost every other spot along the whole coast from Vancouver Island up to Alaska, you've got to travel much longer distance to get to the fish where here we just generally go a very short distance to the yeah, fish. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And fishing conditions change, so it's not like the fish are always very close to shore, but the fish are often very close to shore here. Mm. And it's it's also just a little bit different, you know, to let you know, like, so there's lodges all the way along the coast. This is a town that's, you know, got a harbor with a bunch of boats and a bunch of people out fishing, but it's a fairly large area. So that whatever area you're fishing, you don't have a million boats around you generally. So I think it's quite special. Like if you go to a, a fly-in fishing lodge somewhere, or even if you go up to Alaska, if you go to Homer, or if you go to Sitka, or if you go to, you know, one of the other spots, there's can be a fair amount of boats around. So you think you're coming into this remote place, but when you get on the water, it's not that remote. You know, it's, you know, when I say it's not that remote, you've got all these other boats around and you're like, well, I just came to be in the middle of nowhere with no one around. But it's, yeah, it's it's quite a special place here. Yeah. Today, there wasn't that many boats on, on the water. I mean, obviously, Saturday and Sunday, there were more boats. But yeah. today was we didn't have to worry about traffic nearly as much. No, it's really quite a special place. So I'm, most listeners are probably familiar with halibut and everyone is likely familiar with salmon but lingcod that was one you started talking about last night when we were sitting around having cigars saying i think it was howard asked you what was your favorite fish to eat and you said lingcod over oh actually not necessarily over salmon but you like lingcod i definitely like lingcod so my favorite to eat by far is salmon and and chinook salmon so there's which we call in the states king salmon king salmon that's correct yeah and there's a few different types of salmon. So uh, I grew up thinking sockeye and coho were the best eating salmon. Yeah. And they definitely have very good flavor, but Chinook salmon has a slightly oilier content. And Which is it's more great versatile. for you health-wise. It's very good for you health-wise. has more omegas in it. And it also is more versatile for cooking. So you can cook it on the barbecue. You can cook it in the oven. You can cook it or pan fry it on the stove, which is the way we had it tonight. Yeah. And uh, it's... In my opinion, just, you know, the best salmon, but all salmon really is, is good. It's all organic. <laughs> it's a cold water fish. You don't have to worry about mercury or anything like that, you know, like with other types of, of pelagic fish. The thing that I was really struck with as you were filleting up the, the salmon at the end of each day was how rich, how red and how rich the salmon looked versus the farm-bought salmon you can get at Costco or the grocery store? Yeah, the farm salmon is something that anybody who eats wild salmon will turn their nose up at because, first of all, it's not good for you, in my opinion. It's uh, given all these, you know, feed that's not natural to it during its life. It swims around in a pen and gets very, very fat, partially because of the feed, but partially because it's very inactive. yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't do anything good for the environment around it. That's a whole another topic in itself. But when you get a wild salmon... What do you, what do you mean do anything good for the environment around it? Well, 
if it's in a pen, then basically all the excrements from the salmon go down into one area, and it's, it would be like having a a farm and all your cows are just under one roof, and and you know all all the cow excrements go in one trough, and it, you can smell it for miles. Well, mm. that's sort of the same thing for uh, salmon mm. on the bottom of the ocean. So it's basically you know becomes toxic for the yeah, uh, for the fish. environment around it. Well, just for the bottom. So, yeah. like, nothing can live on the bottom around yeah. those pens. Really? Yeah. And then sea lice is also a big factor as well. Sea lice? Sea lice, yeah. So, there's sea lice on, on all salmon, but especially in the farmed salmon, uh, sea lice grows uh, in, in large amounts or much larger amounts and can be an issue for young salmon if there's young salmon in the area going out. So there's a fair amount of studies on that as well. Really? Yeah. Huh. And then lingcod. Talk about that because I'd never heard of a lingcod. So and lingcod. It was good. And it was good. We caught one today. Yeah. One, we, we caught a few, but one that was we were able to take in and we filleted that up and cooked it before dinner and it was buttery good. It was so tasty. Yes, it really does melt in your mouth if you get a young lingcod. So lingcod, in my opinion, are better than halibut. And uh, it's tough for people to probably stomach that because halibut's very well marketed. Yeah. Well, halibut's also easier to catch, right? Um, or not? Not really. Okay. No. You have to go further out for halibut. Yeah. You don't have to go as far for lingcod. There's times of the year where the ling- there's just tons and tons of lingcod here, so... You know, May, June, early July, there's a lot more lingcod around. And then starting in about two weeks, there'll be a lot of lingcod around again. Where Are they migrating somewhere? No, they come in to spawn. Oh, okay. So they come closer to the rocks to spawn. So they'll come in from further out in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think most people that have had lingcod, you know, definitely enjoy it. And uh, there's... A place called Taco Fino, which became famous up in Tofino for its lingcod tacos. And people will line up for, you know, 20 people, 30 people, you know, at, at this little bus to get their taco. Really? And yeah, some people will wait an hour to get their lingcod taco. Dang. Next yeah. time I'm out here, I'm going to have to go up there. Yeah. And try that out. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have that much time yesterday, so... Yeah, we went to the Wick instead, <laughs> <laughs> which was an excellent restaurant yeah. and resort, yeah, or yeah, at a resort. Yeah. So, how many boats you got going on, and how many guides, and when's your season for salmon fishing and taking people out? I run generally around five boats, and the normal season is somewhere between June first and September fifteenth. When's the best time for people to reserve if they're looking at next year? The the prime time for the season is July and August. Yeah. Yeah. And we're we're here the last weekend in August. And uh it was good fishing. I mean Yeah. We were done. We had our we had our limit at, within four hours pretty much every day. Yes. The fishing here is pretty phenomenal right now. And yeah. uh, August is sort of the time where the biggest fish come in. And it's the time where if you're a guide or a fisherman, it's really not comparable to that many other experiences, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I, I fish sailfish, marlin, 
a bunch of other types of fish. And for me, like Chinook salmon is just the most fun. And part of it is the fact that you can eat it at the end, you know, like when you come, when it comes into the boat, you're like, oh, you know, you see a, a beautiful fish on the bottom of, of the boat and also, or in the cooler. And then you get to enjoy it at the end of the day or, you know, for your winter. Yeah, we're going back, each of us, with four Chinook, and, uh, which is our limit that we can take back into the States. But each day, I mean, we pretty much hit our limit, and uh, yeah, 20 pounds around. What do, what do you think was, was the biggest fish, fish that we got? Yeah, around 20 pounds. I think most of the fish were in the 15 to 20 pound range. Yeah, yeah. which is a good size fish. Yeah, it is. Very good size. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a real heart for doing something more with your business. Yes. I liked to be able to give back and have people come out and experience something that they wouldn't necessarily experience and also be able to have people come out, create relationships they wouldn't necessarily be able to create or at least build relationships further they haven't necessarily built as much and you know make it go towards something that uh, i guess gives back to the rest of the world yeah and that's kind of the reason that you called me up in late april and said hey i've got a spot for you i want you out here bring some guys yes so this is something I guess that I wouldn't do for a lot of people, but I've yeah. known you for a really long time and uh, I know what you've done for the Never Alone Project and, and also, you know, for supporting other causes. And so that's something yeah. that was quite meaningful. And uh, I know that, you know, what you went through with your wife was something that not a lot of people could describe or you know, have feelings about, like, I, I just can't imagine the things that you went through. And so I guess to be able to, you know, reward you and also like do something where we build on, on ideas and, and solutions to try and come up with ways that, you know, the world can become a better place is very powerful. Well, and, those, and those kinds of conversations were happening around a little bit on the boat, but mainly at lunch or dinner whenever we would go out together, the four of us. And there was some really, really good conversations with these guys. Yeah. Yes, you brought uh, some classy people with you. <laughs> well, I don't know about Howard. I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, use, I wouldn't use classy for Howard. <laughs> who dr howard Cohn will be on the podcast i'm going to get him when i'm out in california next over a cigar what's the name of that club that you are you're a member of howie hot rods and handguns hot rods and handguns and, and where where in orange county is that uh, is that irvine Beach, California. newport huntington huntington yeah yeah it's it's a, a cool ass little club with restaurants and we're gonna have to get sam up there too or jeff so sam vandervalk let's get to rapid fire questions 
Hey everyone, I wanted to announce that we have Holy Smokes gear. That's right, we have swag. We currently have hats, shirts, stickers, like for your vehicle or your travel humidor, magnets, even branded bourbon glasses for a limited time. Go to holysmokes.club and click on the shop tab. That's holysmokes.club. I'm super proud of the shirts. They're made with Bella Canvas shirts that are soft and incredibly comfortable. The hats fit wonderfully, which can be a problem for those of us with big noggins. We plan on having a lot more to offer, like Guayabara shirts, additional t-shirt designs, beanies, polos, hoodies, cigar accessories, and much more. Check it out. And even if you don't make a purchase now, be sure to sign up for that email list, as I've thrown a couple big discount coupon codes for those exclusively on that list. So click the shop tab at holysmokes.club. Thanks. Rapid fire. Here. How's that stick treating you? Great. When did you first try cigars? Uh, maybe when I was 20. What was the situation around that? I was guiding up north and this client brought a Romeo and Julieta. And uh, I smoked it with him in the boat and it was great. It was, I don't know, I just loved it. You ever tried pipe? No. Do you have a favorite cigar that you've had thus far? I don't know. I guess, like, if it's a medium cigar, then I pretty much am going to enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's moist, which, you know. Yeah, as long as it's well taken care of. Yeah, exactly. You ever buy cigars for yourself? Only when I was in Vinales, I bought a few cigars. Yeah. I mean, they, they sell them for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually pretty good. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, they make them right there. Yeah. It, most interesting person you've ever met through cigars? Most interesting person I've met through cigars would be, uh, I really haven't met that many people through cigars, to be honest with you, so that's a pretty tough question. Okay. Favorite liquid pairing with your smoke? Definitely the scotch last night was a good pairing for me. And it was? It was the, what is that? McAllen. The McAllen, yeah. The McAllen 12-year. 12, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Do you have a favorite cigar memory? Most memorable cigar experience? I guess I'd have to go back to that Romeo and Julieta that I smoked on the boat because we smoked Romeo and Julieta and then we caught some really big fish afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's good luck. Maybe (laughs) it's good luck. I, I, I found a couple of good luck charms. Like the first day, whenever I would take a bite out of a banana, something would bite. Yeah, it was hilarious. The second day, when I'd grab a couple of potato chips and throw them in my mouth, someone would bite. And then, and then today, we had, we had a dry spell, and I put on Pirate Looks at 40 by Jimmy Buffett and then the Jack Johnson cover <laughs> and had it on my earbud. While, while, and sure enough, boom, we were hitting. Did you have a favorite superhero growing up when you were a kid? You know, you did that kind of stuff? I wasn't, because we didn't have a TV until I was like 15 or, four, or 14, something like that. Yeah. And I started watching hockey. That was yeah. what we were allowed to watch. You're a hockey guy. Who's your team? My team used to be Boston, but now I've, now I've switched over. Finally, after 20 plus years of, well, actually more than that, probably 30 years almost of cheering for Boston, I decided that I'm, I'm uh, cheering for Florida now. What, and Why? Because I mean, people are going to look and be like, oh, they just won the cup. 
for those that are hockey fans? They came close. Oh, they came yeah, close. Vegas. They didn't win? I thought they did. No, they didn't win. Oh, it's Vegas. 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 Vegas won, yeah. yeah. I just started spending, spending my winters in Florida, so in Jacksonville. And uh, But while I was down in Florida, I did go to some Panther games. Yeah. And love the stadium and and then uh, started liking the players. And it just seems to be like a, a great team, a great coach team, and definitely like Matthew Kachuk. Are you into any other sports? Uh, I play beach volleyball. Yeah. So I do that. And then I also kite surf. And uh, yeah, I guess th- those would be my top three. I play a little bit of golf, but not a lot. Any American sports that you follow? Like baseball or no, football? Not really. Okay. Yeah. Favorite athlete when you were a kid? Uh, Cam Neely. Cam Neely. Yes. Yeah. He was from about half an hour away. From where I grew up. Yeah. So, yeah, and now he's president of the Boston Bruins, which is one reason I also like the team. But Hall of Fame defenseman? Uh, f- Hall of Fame forward. Forward? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought he was a yeah. defenseman. I think I'm confusing Ray, him with Chelios. With Ray Bork, maybe you thought. Ray Bork, yeah. yeah. Ray Bork was Hall of Fame defenseman. Yeah. And did Cam, Cam play his whole career in Boston? No, he started in Vancouver. Okay. And then was traded to Boston and... Immediately after going to Boston, all of a sudden he became this power forward, and it was almost like he became a different player. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess he took on a new persona, you know, joining the Big Bad Bruins. Yeah, you have a favorite athlete right now? Favorite hockey player? Favorite hockey player would probably be. I'm going to say Leon Draisaitl in Edmonton. Tell me about him. What do you like about him? Leon Dreisaitl isn't just a good player in the regular season. In the playoffs, he's a very, like, a, a power forward, and especially this past playoffs. He was dominating until Petrangelo went in to cross or in to, like, hack him down, and uh, something happened to him after after that moment when he got hacked down by, or at least threatened to hack down by Petrangelo and I don't know what happened to his game, but before yeah. that, he was just dominating. It was it was insane. What kind of music do you love? What bands? Uh, well, I grew up listening to the Tragically Hip, which is Canadian band and very popular in Canada, but people in the U.S. don't know them very well. I guess U2 is one of my favorites, and, uh, you know, it's a classic. Um, I still listen to them. Yeah. So, yeah. We were listening to them, both bands, last night while we were having cigars talking. Yeah. And like when you put you two on, just the whole energy around the conversation really seemed to shift. Mm-hmm. Favorite food besides salmon? <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough question because I eat salmon so much, actually. Yeah. I guess I'm starting to eat beef more. So I'm starting to like steak more than, yeah. I, than I have in the past. So I, I guess right now I'll go with steak. I think I know the answer to this one. Dogs, cats, neither, or both? I would say that I like dogs, but I wouldn't want to own a dog because they're a lot of work. But growing and up... And you travel had, so much. Yes, I mean, I travel I mean, so much. I mean, between guiding and then when you're during the off season, you're in, used to be in San Diego, but you still travel a lot. Now you're in Florida. Yes, exactly. You still, you still travel a ton. It would be very tough for me to uh, 
have a dog and take care of it, like I said. But yeah, I, I guess I don't get as attached to dogs as as much as a lot of people do. Not like Howie. <laughs> <laughs> every every dog that we walk by, look at you. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? I <laughs> loved. Oh my god. Nickname? Do you have a nickname growing up or in college? I guess after high school, this guy that I worked with called me Sammy the Bull Gravano. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy the Bull. You a reader? No, but I try to. Yeah. Yeah. How many books that you think were impactful? I guess one book that I'm reading right now is Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. Mm. Name three things that you are thankful for at this time in your life. I am thankful for health, number one, because you can't replace health. And I've had injuries in the past from sports. And when I've been injured, I've, it's made me that much more thankful for health and that much more wanting to protect my health. Yeah. Yeah. You're in shape. I try to be in shape, yeah. Yeah. What's, um, what are the other two? I guess the other top one would be relationships with with friends and that's that's another thing that every person needs and uh you can't live without and it's something i guess that that the holy smokes club is all about is friendships Mm -hmm. so that has to be number two and uh next time you're done i'll get you get you over to one of our local spots and get some people together yeah that'd be amazing i guess number three would be the fact that I had parents that stayed together. Mm. I never got a chance to meet your dad. Yeah. My dad was, you know, a caring man. Every person that he met, people felt like he was, he cared for them. The way you and your brother always talked about him. You just seemed like a really special dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you could live anywhere, where would that be? Holland. Holland, really? Yeah. Why? If only they had hockey there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Howie who also plays hockey pick up hockey it's kind of laughing at that Holland is I I think just a a place with a lot of history you know at one point the Dutch ruled the world and there's a lot of really innovative people there and sort of forward thinking people there I think Holland's changed a bit in the last little, little while but it just seems that you know the culture there is very welcoming and and the conversations generally are very good and it seems like most people you meet in the cities there just tend to be you know fairly well educated people and mm-hmm. knowledgeable about the rest of the world what's your greatest strength and what's your greatest weakness my greatest strength is positive thinking and my greatest weakness is positive thinking <laughs> describe that talk about that so positive thinking is great as far as starting a business or you know coming up with ideas about all the things you're going to do but if you don't really uh, figure out exactly how much time everything is going to take and talk to people that have had experience in whatever you're wanting to go into Mm -hmm. then your positive thinking can you know, end up turning into stress. Yeah. 
Who's been the greatest influence in your life? You know, the person who was the greatest influence in my life at one point was actually Ted Haggard. And Mm. so when I was in Colorado Springs going to the church, it was a point in my life where I really didn't have much direction. Yeah, uh, I remember that. And so that was very formative in finding direction and finding purpose in my life. So I, I guess if anybody knows who he is, he obviously, up, yeah. What happened with him? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, at, at that point in my life, that was what I needed. It was electric in Colorado Springs at new life. Yeah. It was absolutely electric. And I mean, I mean, I remember you, you, when you were in Reading calling me saying, Hey, what's going on here in Reading? This totally feels like, like what Colorado Springs was when, when we were there. Yeah, for sure. Who's the first person you think of when you hear the word successful? I guess right now I've been bombarded with Darren Hardy stuff. So because he created Success Magazine and I've been a part of his his uh, building workshops, that would be someone I think of as Who's successful. Darren Who's Darren Hardy? Just for the listeners. Sure. Darren Hardy is someone who wrote a book um, or wrote a, wrote a few books. Uh, like the entrepreneurial uh, roller coaster, and uh, as the latest book I think he wrote, and then uh, he was someone who was mentored by Jim Rohn, and has created quite a few different businesses, had Success Magazine, and made that into a, like a multi-million dollar business, mm-hmm. and then uh, he's uh, I guess got a success mentorship, you know, in a way. I, I, don't really know how to describe it actually, but he's someone who influences a lot of more new entrepreneurs, I would say. So he's not someone who takes your business from a hundred million to 500 million necessarily, but someone who will help you get to that hundred million. What do you do for self-care to rest, to recharge? Well, during the summers for fishing, I try and do at least 10 minutes of stretches, which just doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm very busy in the summertime. So that's often what I do. But during the wintertime, I try and spend more time in the morning doing some meditation and stretches and trying to focus on goals and things that I'm looking forward to growing in my life. Mm. And I think that that's probably like the thing that, I like the most, like if I go on a retreat or go spend on a week weekend somewhere with downtime, I like that. But I think I, I like more like the daily routine of just focusing before the day starts. What's one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Could be an investment of money, time, energy. I guess starting my business really is the best investment I've ever made because the business has been very good to me and allowed me to live a lifestyle that most people don't get to live. What are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? I'd say the number one that I hear, especially around here is just build a website. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously it's good to build a website, but there's a lot more to it than that. When you feel overwhelmed or you've lost your focus, what do you do? 
I would say that if I feel overwhelmed, I would call someone. And then talking to someone for 15 <laughs> minutes or 20 minutes generally helps me refocus. So it could be like my brother Ray or someone else who's done something that's similar in similar capacity to what I'm, you know, doing or having struggles with. And Ray's been pretty successful in, with what he's done in the coffee business in the yes. Portland area. Yes, he has. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit for the listeners. If anyone's in the Portland area, they can support your brother. Sure. So he is about half an hour north of Portland in Kelso area. And he has a coffee company called Red Leaf, which does organic coffee and it's mostly drive through And uh, he's a very fast growing business. So I think he started his company about 11 years ago and I think he's got about nine locations now. And I think he's, he's growing very quickly and franchising mm. and, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I think he's focused on 10xing his business and making it so that right from the customer like the customer experience and the employee experience is all something that is talked about through the community mm. and uh, mm. so i think that's something every business should strive towards mm. how do you want to be remembered well that's a good question i think I would like to be remembered as someone who cared for the people that I took care of in business and also in friendships. Last two questions. If you could have a holy smoke with any three people throughout history, living or deceased, who would they be? Can't name Jesus. So I think that would be uh, Tony Robbins. Why? Tony Robbins was someone who created a business that hadn't seen a lot of traction. He didn't have a lot of people that went before him and showed him the path. And so he was really a pioneer in a way in, in the business that he created. And uh, his stories are quite phenomenal about how he went about working through all of his challenges that he went through, like having stadiums shut down, or I think at one point he wasn't allowed to get across the Canadian border for one of his big events and it could have bankrupted him. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he's just used his life to to influence a lot of people for good, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And uh, so that's, that would be why I would like to talk to him. And then also he's, you know, a genius at, at helping people thrive. It's really the short way of saying that, I think. Mm. Yeah. The other two. Another one would be Jim Rohn and... I think he's been a mentor to a lot of people that are mentors or, you know, to business people around the world and helping them stay focused on creating success every day and create good habits, which many books have been written about creating good habits. But he's, I think, the one that was really, really focused on, you know, cutting out the noise around you, not listening to to bad noise and staying focused on good noise. So, yeah, I think that's something that it's very easy to, at the end of your day, go watch a video or get on Instagram or, or some other social media and instead, like, read a book 
you know, spend time winding down in, in the right way to focus mm. your brain. Mm. And uh, so he is definitely someone that I would love to spend time with if he was alive. Mm. Yeah. And the last one. Maybe I'll change from last night. Last night. From yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, I would say that I, I've started to get to know a little bit more about Darren Hardy, so I wouldn't mind actually spending time with Darren Hardy. Mm. And so uh, he's someone who's been very focused on what he's what he's doing. And uh, you know, some people would say he's maybe a little bit autistic in in the way he does things mm-hmm. because he's he stays so you know intentionally focused on something Mm -hmm. but at the same time like someone like that like figures out just about everything about you know why and what creates success and so yeah i think that would be something that would be valuable for sure for business and and i'm not in that hundred million (laughs) range as far as the business goes so it'd be something to be very beneficial all right last question if we're to meet one year from today and I got a bottle of that, your Macallan 12 year, what are we celebrating? If, if we were celebrating one year from today, we would have to be celebrating, I guess, working towards the goal of seeing this country change its direction and being, uh, having some kind of, some kind of peace in, in helping that and helping the country change its direction. And I assume when you say this country, you're meaning both. Both Canada and the U.S. Because you're a dual citizen. Yes. Your exactly, mom yeah. Your mom was American, right? That's correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is American. Yeah. So both countries are headed in a very dark path, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Vandervalk, how do people find out about Salmon Eye Fishing Charters and book a trip up here? Because it's so damn worth it. Well, I guess the best thing to do is go onto the website which is salmonei.net so s-a-l-m-o-n-e-y-e.net and look at all the things we do and decide what is something that you know you would like to do with friends or family and figure out how long you'd like to spend and then shoot me a message through the contact us form and you've got some cabins here on your property that you can rent out for people to stay. And there are obviously lodgings in town as well, but... Yes, yeah, so we do packages that include fishing, accommodation, vacuum packing, and freezing. And then there's restaurants in town, or there's cooking facilities in the cabins, or places that, that, that I put you in for the package. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Vandervalk. My man, I love you, brother. Thanks so much for being on the Holy Smokes podcast. Yeah, thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure.